Father, we just want to give you all the glory. We just want to praise your name because you are the Holy God. We thank you for this day. We thank you because you are the God who made heaven and earth and has given us life unto this day. We pray you, Holy Spirit of God, that you will teach us the word of God. That at the end of it all, we will understand this manual that we will run our race and obtain the prize, the prize of righteousness, the crown of glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to start by giving God glory who made it possible for me to be here today and for you also to be here. Because it is not by our power, it is not by our might, but by his grace we are here. We return all glory to him in the name of Jesus. Today we are talking about running a race to obtain to obtain the prize. Right from when we were small, starting from nursery school, for those of you that went to nursery school, I did not attend nursery school. I attended Otakara. I don't know whether you know that one. Young men of today, you will not know what Otakara means. But Otakara is the olden version of nursery school. In those days when you are going to school, you will be given one or two pence to buy Akarajaku in the market during break. So I think that was where that name came from. So from that age, we knew what it meant to run. Because in our play, during those little age, we stay run. And as we continue to grow up, we continue to run. Even till today, we are still running. There are different races. Everybody is running. Running a race. Especially in this country, Nigeria. There is nobody that is not running a race. If you are not running from one problem, you are running from the other. Uh, I'm sure some may be running from hunger caused by uh, the dwindling of uh, the economy. Some may be running from the problem they have in the office. Some may be running from the problem they have in the school. And even in the church, people are running. So many races are there and we are running. But there is this special race that every man born of a woman is supposed to run. And this special race is the race that has been instituted by God 
And we are supposed to run this race to obtain a prize. How do we run this race? How do we run it to obtain a prize? How do we run it to stay on the course? How do we run it? That is exactly what we want to look at today. But before then, I want to tell us a story. I want to tell us a story of uh, a television program I watched. It's a marathon race. And uh, I watched it long ago. But I didn't pick much interest in it. But yesterday again, yesterday evening, I watched another marathon race. And I began to remember what happened in that race. That marathon race that I watched long ago. And I began to reason into this marathon race. This marathon race is a race that so many athletes came from diverse countries of the world to run this race. And the price tag I was meant to understand for this race was $150,000 for the first prize. And the second prize was $120,000. And a total of 27,000 people were registered for this race. Out of which 22,426 runners started the race of 26.2 miles. A record number of 4,574 opted out of the race even before it started. You can see me relating to the play again. Then, more than 21,000 people completed this race. However, out of these crowds, two Kenyans, two Kenyans emerged as winners. No Nigerian, no. <laughs> two Kenyans emerged as winners. But the most spectacular win to watch was the win of a Canadian who broke the world record in a wheelchair. He broke the world record in a wheelchair. Records showed that he was born with neuroblastoma. The doctors know better what neuroblastoma means. It's a rare cancer commonly found in the spine or the abdomen. That's what this guy had. And he was in a wheelchair. But he broke the record, a world record. As I pondered on this heated contest, I asked myself certain questions. One was, what were the reasons for those who quit the race before it even started? What were their reasons? 
Secondly, what helped the Canadian become a victor against all odds? Thirdly, what motivated many who completed this race even though they knew that they were not going to win? And lastly, what made Kenyans the winners? Out of the whole countries that participated, Kenyans won this race. I see a lot of similarities between the regular marathon and the race that Christians are called to run. The marathon is not a team sport. Each individual has to run the race for themselves. Just like in the spiritual race. You run your own, I run my own. Nobody runs for the other. The father doesn't have any business to run for the children. And the children don't have any business to run for the parents. You are all on your own. Winning and losing completely depends on the individual runner. So, no mix-up anywhere. Similarly, each Christian has to run his own race. What can we learn from a veteran runner like the Apostle Paul from where we read few minutes ago in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. If you go back to verse verses 24 to 27. If we were not listening when that passage was being read, I'll take it again. It says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one received the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run toss, not with, not with uncertainty. Toss I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself become disqualified. What can we learn from this passage? Three things. Three things. One, the preparation for the race. Two, the roadblocks and how to run the race to win. Three things. The preparation, the roadblocks, and then lastly, how to run this race to win. The preparation. How do we prepare? 
At the time of Paul's writing, sports were an integral part of religious ceremonies. Paul was alluding to the Isthmian games in his letter to the Corinthians. They were held during a festival of honor of Poseidon, the Greek god of earthquakes and water, also known as the god of the sea. The festival consists of foot races, horse races, chariots, jumping, wrestling, boxing, and so many other uh, other races there. The prize in these games were perishable wreaths. To the Greeks, these were events of patriotic pride, a passion rather than a pastime. Paul uses the analogy of a race to explain to the Corinthians that Christian life is somewhat like running a race. He reminds them by saying, Don't you know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize. Our brother Paul is challenging the believers not to run for the sake of running, but to run in order to win a prize. You know, if you look back at what we watched there, some people did not even make up their mind to run this race. How do you prepare when you want to run a race? It starts from making up your mind that this race, I want to participate in it. Because in the marathon race, those who ran that marathon race, they didn't just wake up and walk into the field or the tracks and said, I want to run. No, that was not it. They made up their mind sometime and started preparing, started training that they are going to run this race. And because they made up their mind, they were prepared to run the race. In the Christian life, making up our minds is like accepting Jesus as our Lord and personal Savior. That is where the step starts. You make up your mind. You accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. And then you decide that I am going to follow this Lord even unto the end. Then, you begin the preparation. First step, you accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Then, you begin to read the manual. The Bible is our manual. There are three rules. You start and end your day with God. That was rule number one. Whatever you are doing, in the morning you start your day with God. And as you finish your day, you come back to God and say, Papa, thank you. I, have, I am done for the day. There's a prayer I pray in my life every day. And I don't think I will make do without that prayer. 
And that prayer is, whatever prayer we pray in my house in the morning, I will always say, God, may your presence go with us this day. Anywhere we will go, that your presence will not go with us. Do not let us go there. And whatever we will do, that your presence will not be with us. Do not let us be there. When you start your day with God, the presence of God goes with you. And at the end of the day, when you come back, you come and say, Papa, thank you for this day. It was a wonderful day. I have done the things you required me to do. And where I did not do it right, please forgive me. Then rule number two in preparation. He says, as you walk and as you move and as you run this race, do not pick anything on the road. Do not pick anything on the road. No instructions contrary to the one given by God through his word. No instructions contrary to the one in his manual. Any instruction contrary to what you see in the Bible will lead you to hell. No two words about it. So this day, brothers and sisters, I want to admonish us that as we run this race, the Bible is our manual. Read it day and night. Let the contents of this Bible, let this word not depart from you anytime. And as you adhere to this Bible and get the instructions and obey them, believe you me, you are preparing strongly for this race. And as you are preparing strongly for this race, you will run it well. Praise the Lord. That is preparing for the race. Then as you run this race, there are roadblocks. There are roadblocks along the road. You remember what it says here, do not pick anything on the road. If you start picking things on the road, you will start witnessing roadblocks. You start witnessing roadblocks. I haven't seen anybody running the marathon bending down to pick anything. Anytime you bend down to pick anything, you are delayed and others will pass you. Anytime you see anything and you want to look at it, others will run past you. What are the roadblocks? There are so many roadblocks in our lives. Let me get back to the playlet. You saw the one carrying bag. He believes that all he needs are in those bags. Fa 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 foul. He does not need anything in that bag. Because the Lord the maker of heaven and earth has made provisions for you. Wherever you are going, in the name of the Lord, the Lord is ready to provide for you. You don't need anything. And we have roadblocks such as, what type of car am I going to use? What type of house am I going to build? I need a house in the village. 
I need a house in Enugu. I need one in Abuja. I need one in Lagos. I need to build a hotel. I need this and then I need that. All these they are all excess luggage. They are things that will distract you in this life. When you are running this race and you begin to look side, sideways, you are on the race. Ah, my hotel in Abuja, how is it doing? My building in Owere, my this in Onicha, my this in this place. Ah, containers that are landing tomorrow. How will I offload them? How will I clear them in the wharf? SS luggage. Any brand of car that comes out you want to buy, SS luggage. You don't need these things. They will all distract you. They will all distract you. Run your race that you may win the prize. When you run without carrying any load, you are free. You are not minding anything. You are not thinking about anything. You are just focusing where you are running to. And where are we running to? Where is our focus? Our brother Paul had focus. He had aim where he was going to. Where is our focus? What are we focusing at? I don't know for you. You are here today. Every Sunday you come to church. You hear the gospel. It is preached to you. You go back home. But where is your focus? I talked to them someday in all sense church. And that day we were talking about brotherly love. And uh, after preaching to them, I said, All of you, you will come to this table, the Lord's table. You take Holy Communion with one cup, signifying brotherly love. But after the Holy Communion, the priest will say, The Lord be with you. And the service ends. And at the gate there, we are struggling who will go out first. Where is the brotherly love? And when your brother wants to put his car to pass, you say, idiot, what are you driving? Ah, you came out from the lost devil. Habba. Where is the brotherly love? Not to talk of the ones we do on the road. Somebody will drive on the road, you say, ah, waka, kai. Learn to control your tongue. Learn to control yourself. Let me tell you a story. The day I stopped talking to drivers on the road, do you know what happened to me? I went to Anisha. Somebody drove one rubbish. You know this car they call, what's the name? Golf. Eh? There was a time they called it pure water. Abby. So somebody was driving this car and the man drove something I didn't like. I said, I remove this pure water from the road. Do you know what the man told me? He said, After that incident, I talked to myself. I said, look at you. Ever water, 
after that day, no matter what you drive on the road, I will not open my mouth to talk to you. So let's learn to cut short our tongue, the things we will speak. So what am I trying to arrive at? What I am saying is that all these things that distract us from running our race, they are all road blocks. Let's be careful of them. Let's be careful of them. In the marathon last night, there were also roadblocks. They crossed pebbles as these people are running. And they have to jump over these pebbles. And I said, hey, you see, some of them jumped it rightly and continued. Some pushed it down. I said, whether you jumped it rightly or you pushed it down, you have passed the roadblock. So, let's learn to pass the roadblocks as we run this race. Then, quickly, the next one is how do we run this race? How do we run to win? How do we run to win? In the marathon, thousands of runners participate. Many of them complete the race. As at the marathon I was explaining to you, so many from different countries came up, but only two Kenyans won the prize. What made these Kenyans, what made them to win? I went back to the history of marathon race and discovered that the Kenyans have won the marathon race for 22 good years. I said, are the Kenyans only the, are they the only country in, in the world? What made them win this marathon for all these years? I know that they have very slim body. Is it the slim body that makes them win the race? Is it the kind of food they eat? What actually is their secret? And I began to go through their history and I saw where one of their coaches said something. He said that in the way of the marathon, they perceive the distance. They have a sense of possibility and the willingness to endure the challenge. I don't know whether you understand that. They perceive the distance where they are going. So, they endure the challenge. The extreme challenge. They, they, they endure it. And I also saw where he wrote that these people are not just trained on level land. They are trained on mountains. So, in their country, during the training, they are being trained running on mountains. So, level land is nothing to them. I said, eh, I don't know how many Nigerians, if you ask them to train on mountains, that will agree to train on mountains. You saw what happened here. Just because 
The girl was wearing a short skirt. She started complaining. She has been wearing this in other camps. Why is it, why is this camp different? Why should she be disturbed in this camp? The other one that was carrying back said, ah, why is it in this camp that Nigerians, we are fond of complaining. We complain a lot. We don't endure extreme circumstances at all. People started singing, me I know go suffer. I know go beg for bread. Who tell you say Christianity is butter and milk? Christianity is not butter and milk. It's not where you come and collect every day you drink you tea with butter, you drink milk, and then you shower, you get away. No! It's not like that. There is difficulties in Christianity. There is extreme challenges in following Christ. And we have to train ourselves so that we can overcome in these kind of circumstances. We have to train ourselves. We don't just have to hey, be Sunday, Sunday, medicine, pass up by watchers every Sunday. Holy, 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 you come to church. When you leave this church now, if they say, are you a Christian? You look at them like this. Are you born again? Nah, for the happen and they born again now. We are not helping ourselves. Christ came. He suffered. Apostle Paul, who admonished us here, came. He suffered. So many other apostles came. They suffered. All the apostles of Jesus Christ, they all died. She crucified. Abby, they were all no, some were hanged. Some, I know Peter was hanged upside down and all the rest of them, but none of them died a natural death. Stephen was stoned. Suffering. But in all these things, they had a focus. They had an, um, they know where they were going to. So today, I don't know. Do you know where you are going to? Do you have an aim? Do you have a focus? If you have an aim and you know where you are going to, you will endure every situation. It does not matter how extreme the circumstance is. Those who persevere in their race, like Apostle Paul did, will end up wearing the crown of glory. So I want to admonish us today that in this race let us keep on meditating on the word of God daily. And when you I want to get all the things I got from that playlet. One other one says, when you are wounded, report to the master. When you are wounded, report to the master. In this race, you must be wounded. You must have injury. 
when you have injury, do not hide it. What are the injuries? What are the wounds? You can have a little setback. Quickly run to God and confess your sins. You quickly run to God and confess your sins. He is the forgiver. And he will forgive you. Not, do not hide them. Do not cover them up. Because covering them up will lead you to hell. You saw what happened to that guy. He thought he was running the race. Covering his wound up. But at the end of the day, it was discovered. Because God knows all. So God knows all. And God discovered that you have wound. And your wound is stinking. You cannot be in the kingdom of God with stinking wound. Sin stinks. Sin stinks. It causes separation between us and God. And once it is found in you, heaven is not for you. Once you fall, get up. Confess your sins unto the Lord. And the Lord will forgive you. Then, Remember always to work for the commandant. Work, working for the commandant and not working with the commandant will lead you to hell. Do you understand what I mean? Enoch worked with God and he was no more. God took him. If you struggle all the struggling in this world that you are working for God, you are working in the church, you are this, you are that, uh, PCC chairman, this and that, hey, you raise the whole buildings, the whole church buildings in the world, but you are not working with God. I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry for you. Let me a little while face some of our brethren. I like talking about this in any church I go. Some of our people who count money in the church. I don't know what is obtainable in this church. But I have noticed that a lot of people work for God in the area of counting money. And as they are counting money, they are filling their pockets. If you are such a person, repent. I have been to so many churches and I have noticed it. I want to praise God that it's not done in this church because I want to believe I know the caliber of people in this church. But perhaps any has that intention, repent. Because that is one area a lot of people will go to hell through. It's an open window, a big door. And the churches that will lead a lot of people to hell. Praise the Lord. What is this prize that we are running for? The crown of righteousness. The crown of righteousness. Which is promised to every Christian. And it is a crown that is unperishable. The ones we see, the atlas collects. Whether it's money or whatever, they are all perishable. But this crown of righteousness is unperishable. And 
God will give it to every Christian that is faithful unto the end. He will give it to every Christian that is faithful unto the end. This crown is meant for those who would joyfully accept discipline. Those who would joyfully accept discipline and training in righteousness. Those who would remain obedient to the word of God regardless of the dictates of popular culture. And soul winners determined to sacrifice everything in order to make heaven. I hereby pray for everyone who is here today and who is earnestly looking forward to eternal life that you will not lose your crown in Jesus' name. Let us pray. I'm not going to pray for you, but I'll give you a prayer point that you will use and pray for yourself. And that prayer point is, Father, please help me. Attribute the prayer to yourself. Please help me to pay the price of high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And help me make it to heaven in Jesus' name. Amen.